because, because I'm a hot I'm girl. A hot, I'm girl. A I do hot shit. Because I'm a hot To the hot girl agenda the podcast on the left that asks the human body what's up with that <laughs> i WTF. am your yeah right like what's going on what's my deal um i am your co-host uh yesi and with me as always is our wonderful beautiful and fearless leader rara rara what's going on Ah, so much. <laughs> so much. So much going on. And so much of it has to do with how we treat women and femmes. Hey. Shocker. <laughs> yes, that's going to play heavily into our discourse today, which I'm sure um, we're, nobody's getting enough discourse. We just need more of it all the time, everywhere. Mm. Mm. That's what we're here for. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Feeding you the discourse, opening up your gullet like you're a foie gras goose. <laughs> God, it's so disgusting. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, yeah, you take that discourse, shove it down your gullet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have a couple. Um, we're talking about like three different topics today, which are all going to tie back into kind of this a similar theme. And the first one today, which I guess is probably going to be the most niche, I want to say celebrity in very loose quotes there. Um, let's talk about Abby Shapiro and the really gross thirst trapping on the left for her. I've got a lot to say about this, but like, let's let's set the scene here. So Abby Shapiro is pregnant, right? Wait, should we explain who Abby Shapiro is for the not extremely online? Yes, yes. We've talked about Abby Shapiro before. Abby Shapiro is a... She is the sister of uh, manlet right-wing chud Ben Shapiro. She has a YouTube and brand, I mean, a um, lifestyle parallel called Classically Abby, and she is, like, basically pushing this, like, modern trad wife, conservative values, like, pure Mm -hmm. kind of imagery. So she does a lot of that. Abby also is... uh, (laughs) So on the left, Abby has become, like, a sort of weird uh like thirst kind of object problematic fave i guess yeah. for the for the horny left a horny problematic fave um she posts a lot of photos of herself barefoot which uh mm-hmm. you know like posting feet is like a is like a really weird fetishy thing but abby abby is currently pregnant she's extremely pregnant she's like eight months pregnant I wowie think. yeah yeah so um and she recently posted a, a couple of pictures of her being extremely pregnant. And also, you know, her boobs got gigantic mm-hmm. uh, during this time. Um, and they were already kind of like pretty, pretty full. She was pretty like full chested and left Twitter, blew it up into this like extraordinarily creepy thing. And can we talk about just like our initial reactions to like all the horniness and maybe like our reactions now because I know that I definitely have been hypocritical about this in the past about maybe objectifying like conservative women or whatever mm-hmm. or objectifying people we don't like yeah 
what, what's your take on it? Like, what was your initial reaction when you found out about all the thirsting? Yeah. For her? So I always get really grossed out and weirded out when like left men are like, I can fix her, you know, and do that weird yeah. thing. Because it's like, once again, we're just using right wing kind of uh, or like hegemonic like um, systems of control. But we're just throwing mm-hmm. them back at the the people who support them actively. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah. I, I never feel like it's really novel. When I saw the photos, I was just like, yeah, her titties are big, but your titties get huge when you're pregnant. Like I am, I'm barely a B cup. And when I was pregnant, I was like, I was bigger than a D. Oh, wow. They just get big. That's a lot. Your titties get big. Like that's what happens. But it, it felt really gross to see people like thirsting after her, especially as like a pregnant person, because it's not something... It's not something you can really, like, control. Like, the thing Mm. when you're pregnant is, like, your body becomes, like even less your own because like simultaneously you're pregnant so you're you've got this like ho- like a, you're a host to like a little mm-hmm. growth <laughs> i love my baby but like that let's be real and then because of that people feel culturally inclined to just like touch you and like objectify you even further like this is like a collective joy um yeah like i don't know how many times i had to be like even from like comrades have to be like don't touch me like please don't put your hands on my belly please don't like put your hands around my waist like you know yuck so so seeing that from like the left perspective was just like come the fuck on like i know we Mm -hmm. like hate abby shapiro like that's fine but like don't fucking talk about her fucking body. Like, just, yeah. I don't know. What was your take, Rara? When people first started, like, really thirsting after, like, conservatives openly, um, when I first started, like, noticing this about, like, maybe, like, a year or so ago, I thought initially that it was kind of funny. Like, I, I really thought that most of it was ironic. Oh, my God, she's so hot. And it was like, okay, I did find it amusing at mm-hmm. first. Like, I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of funny. But then, like, the volume and intensity with which people especially went after her Mm -hmm. and we're like you can look at any of her pictures where she's like even remotely like showing anything but her face it's just full of comments that are just like show us your feet you know like just horny comments like and I started just feeling really uncomfortable because I'm like this is like sexual harassment now like this is not just you're posting a picture of, of her on your page and being like okay she's yeah she's really hot she's problematic but she's hot Mm -hmm. it's like whatever I don't I don't think that's a problem Mm -hmm. it's when you're adding her and when you're like quote tweeting her and shit and when you're like boosting like these misogynist like messages of just like like look at these mommy milkers Mm -hmm. and da 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 it's just really gross and it just makes me kind of feel like like why is it okay to sexually harass women that we don't like Mm -hmm. like it's still not okay right like it doesn't matter like this is not it's not really like up for debate for me Mm -hmm. like there's a difference between like you know complimenting someone and being like yeah problematic fave but I'm still I'm really attracted to her and then being like really disgusting and hyper fixating on her on her like genitals and her body and which is like really especially horrible because I know there's not like a ton of like positive examples of conservatism on the left as far as like conservative dressing for women it's a little bit more rare I guess Mm -hmm, on the left mm -hmm. she purposely covers up her body with these like high high necked long dresses Mm -hmm. and stuff because she's trying to be modest right and it seems really gross to like point that out after she's explicitly said I dress like this to be modest Mm -hmm. it's like would you do that to like a Muslim woman right like sexualize her under her like 
hijab or burqa because you didn't like her, mm-hmm. you know, and like constantly fixate on her body when she's literally explicitly said, I do this for modesty. Like, it just seems really fucked mm-hmm. up, you know, and hypocritical. And that's when I started like really feeling gross about it. I know. And I know like we just did an episode like a couple months ago, ago about Nancy Reagan. The throat goat. Throat goat. Yeah. In our defense of that, though, in my defense of my position on that, Nancy Reagan is dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? You yeah. can't hurt Nancy. She's dead. Yeah. Like, she can't, you know, whatever. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts about it, like, currently of, like, how do we deal with this? And, like, how do we kind of fix this, I guess? Yeah. So I think, you know, not to... Look, this is going to probably make a bunch of people really mad. But I do think, like, all of this... The term rape culture gets really, like, flattened and abused, I think. But, like, I do think this is part of developing a culture where women and femmes, like, aren't seen as having agency or autonomy. Or rather, that agency Mm. or autonomy is a privilege, not a right. So I think, you know, looking at Abby Shapiro and and fetishizing her body in this way... and in, in what I perceive to be like a hateful way like because mm. the left doesn't like her obviously and it's like it's yeah. not about like you said it's not about like saying like I find this person attractive like they're still hot it's like really graphic depersonification through the like fetishization of her body right that stuff to me is less about what's attractive and more about possession and violence like there's like an undercurrent of that and I think it's sort of the same thing going back to like how we were like kind of discussing Nancy Reagan is like okay like she can like to suck dick if she wants to yeah that makes her a fucking hypocrite but like and I said this last episode or when we did that episode too this is not a battleground where I feel very strongly because like you said she's dead Mm -hmm. and it's like whatever but it's Mm -hmm. like disparaging her or like being derisive of like a a woman liking sex or liking to suck dick Mm -hmm. is still part of that it's still an ownership thing it's saying like your right to feel pleasure your right to have a body that looks a certain way or doesn't look a certain way is not actually a right it's a privilege that we bestow upon you and we can take it away um and and to me that's antithetical to my beliefs as a communist as an anarchist Mm -hmm. you know like as um it's my it's antithetical to like the movement we're trying to build on the left like Mm -hmm. i get a lot of people feel powerless right like i think a lot of and i think that that's like part of understanding masculinity is like there's a lot of like feeling of powerlessness i think that 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 is what promotes this kind of like really kind of nasty behavior so Mm -hmm. i think the first thing we need to do is contend with that like as socialists as communists we need to say okay we know we're powerless in 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 terms of changing the hegemony like in a in a cultural way like we know we don't have the power that we want how do we take that power without being subsumed by it i hate to keep doing this but like it is interpolation to like absorb that cultural that cultural attitude of like possession that and objectification of like a lesser like quote unquote lesser or, or like more oppressed person it is interpolation to say like oh but i'm doing it for the right reasons because i'm a leftist because i'm a socialist and and she sucks you're doing the same shit I, th- I think the first step is acknowledging like there is like a lack of power here and we're exercising it in really fucked up ways what do you think Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head with that for sure. I just think that if you're comfortable with 
if you're comfortable with over-sexualizing somebody who clearly doesn't want to be sexualized mm-hmm. and enforcing and, and that on that person that you don't like, what else are you going to force on women and femmes that are around you when they do things you don't like? Because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not really trying to compare myself to Abby Shapiro. First of all, she's she's really famous mm-hmm. um, in, in Twitterverse, and she's very wealthy. This kind of like echoes of things I've gone through online where I'll post something about like having a really hard day or whatever or just something about being a woman or being a femme person mm-hmm. and and having frustration about it and someone will like bring up my job or like call me a slut or something and it's like oh I can't even like complain about the bad aspects of my life because in their eyes I'm a you know untouchable woman right. and I deserve the misery because I'm a stripper and I'm a whore mm-hmm. that's how I started to fucking feel reading some of these comments and I was like like, this is really gross. Like, this makes me feel really bad. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, I wish she was a better person, obviously. Because yeah. <laughs> I want to have, yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I was very shocked, actually, about how much sympathy I actually was having towards her. Because, like, I do find her, like, pretty abhorrent mm-hmm. as her politics or whatever. And her pushing her, like, trad lifestyle on other people. But what she's doing for herself, her, her trad lifestyle for herself is not the fucking issue. And I also just think it's really weird. I have very small boobs. I've always had small boobs. I'm barely like a B cup. All my friends with, you know, bigger chests, they all have the same issues when they go out and stuff like that. It's like they are sexualized just for having these physical features, Mm -hmm. you know, and they don't necessarily want that. And it doesn't matter how covered up you are. If you have double D's, they're out there. They're like really prominent. And I think just like sexualizing people's body parts outside of any context other than like, this is what I'm attracted to. Like you're just really, again, like dehumanizing Mm -hmm. the person and trying to separate like their body from their mind basically and their intentions versus like what you want from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's just something we should be aware of because again, it's so easy to get swept up on Twitter and just like comments that you think are funny or whatever. And And I am very guilty of that. And I go back and I was thinking about this and I was going back on comments I had liked about it mm-hmm. before. And I was like, I don't think I want to like actually encourage this. Right. You know, I don't want the algorithm to pick this up. And I don't really want to like see other people's, you know, piling on to this pregnant woman, which again, like not to be like gender essentialist or whatever. But I feel like if anyone's off limits to fucking make fun of in any capacity, it's pregnant women. <laughs> it's pregnant people. Just just fucking leave them alone. Like they're going through so much already. It, just yeah. leave the pregnant people alone. Like Time they get a pass out. to do yeah. what the fuck ever. Yeah, like, d- like I can't even I can't even fucking imagine what it must be like to have to do that for nine months. So we should all just be walking and, and handling you know, pregnant people with kid gloves and giving them whatever they want because honestly, yeah, <laughs> they're the ones keeping the species going. So like, can we just have a little bit more respect? So <laughs> I really like that. I mean, I thought it was interesting, Rara, like when you were like, I'm surprised I felt this way about it, but, but th- those are your principles. Like those are your principles. Yeah. You're going to feel that way because that's how you move through the world. That's your schema. And I think that that's really admirable that you can feel like, hey, like we can like talk shit on this person, but not in this way. There's a yeah, there's a yeah. fucking line. Yeah. That's the thing that I think I was trying to drive at that you just nailed perfectly is there's a fucking line. We need to do it differently and make sure we're not reproducing that really toxic behavior. Yeah. So I, you know, we small titty club. But I, I think about this a lot because it's like I also have friends with big titties who are like, yeah, this this is like kind of uncomfortable, especially for my non my fellow non-binary friends who are like mm. I am trying to present differently and my titties get in the way and I can't afford a reduction. So like I just have to deal with this, you know, like the 
body dysmorphia and, and the feelings there. I know for me, like I've always wanted bigger titties and like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think coming to terms with that, like it's walking a fine line, right? Cause I, I personally mm-hmm. believe that we should be able to do, we should have access to cosmetic surgery that affirms who we are, right? Like, and affirms mm-hmm. our bodies yeah. how we want to be affirmed, right? It's been a struggle for me personally to like really think about like, okay, am I doing this because like I am wanting this sort of like aesthetic because of societal pressures? Am I doing this Mm. because like I actually just, I don't know, I want big titties like and that's that. Like, (laughs) is it some from column A, some from column B? How do I live in that contradiction, right? Like, because, you know, eventually I'm going to, you know, get my fat transfer procedure done so I can move some fat around my body and get bigger titties. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, like, I, I've decided I want to do this, but I have to, as a communist, I have to contend with the like contradiction here. And like, you know, I mm. think a lot of people are going to f- feel different ways about it. Some people are like very supportive. Some people immediately jump to like, oh, I think you're beautiful just the way you are. And I'm kind of like, that's yeah. not the fucking point. <laughs> yeah. I would love to pay my bills on like people thinking I'm pretty on that John uh, just Legend the way shit. I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is actually um, a good segue to the next person mm-hmm, we're talking mm-hmm. about, which is ex-supermodel Linda Evangelista, the GOAT supermodel. Oh, yeah. Like, she is just incredible. Everything, uh, like, if you think 90s supermodel, you think about her. Right. The She's, like, one of, like, the elite, like, supermodel. And the thing is about her, too, is she was very lauded for her statuesque, athletic figure. Mm-hmm. Like, this is when models were, like, Heroin not chic. necessarily... It was like a little bit pre-heroin chic though. Like she was kind of like still where it was still like uh, the healthy, quote unquote, healthy athletic slimness Mm. that was still popular in like the late 80s. And her career like survived all that heroin chic stuff too. And she's like, as far as we knew, was had like a thriving personal and, and public life. But she came out last week or earlier this week and she talked about a really horrific experience with cool sculpting which is this supposedly non-invasive cosmetic procedure that left her midsection and parts of her back completely disfigured, like lumpy and um, like really hard lumps that were very painful. Um, She had like lumps on her thighs that would chafe so hard she would bleed and because they were like that hard. Um, Yeah. And and, uh, so cool sculpting. Do you know what cool sculpting is? Is it the cold metal slabs thing? Okay, wait, explain it to everybody because it's kind of weird. Okay, so cool sculpting is this, it's supposed to be like like a non-invasive alternative to liposuction. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they take these two paddles that are like frozen and they put them, they put your fat in between them. They pinch the fat in between the two paddles that are cold enough to freeze the fat cells. And then what happens is over the course of like a few weeks or months, your liver starts to remove the dead cells. They say that it permanently removes the the fat cells. Mm -hmm. Like it really, it doesn't really come back. The results on this are varied, though. I hear I've I've known people to get cool sculpting, and it looks really good. Mm-hmm. But I think the results are the results are a lot more subtle than lipo usually, mm-hmm. and take a lot long. It takes like several sessions, I think, for it to look like completely the way you want it to. Uh huh. But what actually happened with Linda Evangelista was she, there was this rare side effect that affect affects like it affects like less than one percent of the people that get it. But it was called paradoxical adipose hyperplasia. It's she just happened to be unlucky enough to be like one of the people that was affected by mm-hmm. it. So it wasn't necessarily the procedure was botched. It was that this was just like a horrifying rare side effect that she ha- happened to experience, mm-hmm. which is still like fucked up, mm-hmm. of course. I'm really glad I read this story, by the way, because I've been thinking about getting cool sculpting. Oh, really? 
the clinic I go to for my fillers and my mm-hmm. Botox and stuff, they offer it and I was looking into it yeah. and I after reading this, I'm like, oh God, yeah. I don't think I'm going to do yeah. it. <laughs> but um, have you seen the responses to this story? I've seen a couple and it was like really fucked up. I am just floored. Linda Evangelista is a um, icon in uh, fashion history and, you know, is a powerhouse model with an amazing career. And like part of that is that her her looks her body is her product right like that's what she Mm -hmm. sells right like you know i I don't mean to be reductive for a lot of people who model because it's not easy work it's actually really grueling but it is to be a human hanger right like so she has to be a certain way and so for her to talk about like how her body is permanently disfigured yeah i mean even if you're not a model like even if you don't make your money off your body that is devastating it's your fucking body you have to carry it with you but the responses were just Oof. Spoiler alert, they're bad. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I was reading this, I was reading this story and I don't know why I keep reading the fucking comments on Twitter and stuff and YouTube whenever this stuff like this happens. They know what they're gonna be like, but it's like I think I just need to still confirm it to myself mm-hmm. that people are still trash because I'm like, maybe we've grown up and realized that uh teasing people for cosmetic surgery failures is really horrible and we shouldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But no, we have not learned our lesson at all. <laughs> and people have been really horrible. Huh, sorry, let me start that over. People have been really horrible to her saying like, who cares? Oh, the rich white lady's surgery went bad. Like she didn't even have to have the surgery. Like I need surgery and I can't get it. So fuck her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I never want to tone police poor people mm-hmm. for expressing frustrations for being poor, mm-hmm. especially when you see people getting stuff that, and I don't think of plastic surgery as conspicuous consumption right. necessarily, like automatically. This to me felt like, okay, this is a woman who's aging and like a lot of aging women is trying to maintain a certain physique. Mm-hmm. And for women in the public eye, they want to maintain the physique that physique that they got famous for. It's kind of how they made their money. Right. So it's kind of like there's a financial incentive imperative. Yeah. yeah. But like the, the way that people were going about talking about this like instead of talking about like oh god I, you know i wish i could afford a surgery like that da, 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 or whatever it was people like offsetting their frustrations with the healthcare system onto this one person mm-hmm. and it was like dude that has nothing to do with her linda evangelista like, didn't take away your access to affordable health care <laughs> yeah <laughs> here's my thing about it I think the the reactions are, it is frustrating that cosmetic surgeries are, like I've said this, we've said this on the podcast a bunch of times, M for A, Medicare for All should include cosmetic surgery and uh, <laughs> Medispas, like straight up. Yes, it should 100% include that shit. Um, and if it doesn't, then it's not actually Medicare for All. Like it's not actually supporting, like it's once again, gatekeeping physical and mental health because we right. should have the bodies that affirm who we are. That being said, I agree, like, people's frustration about, like, not having access to uh, the procedures and care that they need and want is justified. However, I think we're missing the point here when we attack this woman. It's once again affirming this culture of violence towards women and and femmes and objectifying them when the real issue that we should be talking about is... Why are these procedures so restricted? And two, what's the vetting process for these procedures such that Mm. people are fully aware of the risks? Mm -hmm. I think obviously there's an incentive for capital to like kind of obfuscate the physical risks of these procedures and harp on the side effects. Well, no, harp on the insecurities of like feminized bodies to make profit. Mm -hmm. Because these aren't considered uh, legitimate medical procedures that people need, Mm -hmm. you can make a lot of money 
making women insecure and making them feel like they need to do these um, and and damn the risks. We can we can mm-hmm. skate over that, right? And so I I, I feel mm. frustrated. I feel frustrated because it's like, okay, you're you're attacking this this woman who is like trying, like you said, trying to keep the physique that made her who she is that she made her name on you know instead of actually looking at the issue which is like these procedures like they come up they have all of these kind of like subtle snake oil promises but they don't actually address Mm -hmm. the risks and we're not actually having those conversations in a in a safe space with professionals because of profit definitely because when i was researching this for myself before i ever knew anything about this everything i looked up about it okay so here's another thing too which is really dangerous as a consumer that you have to watch out for is when you're googling these procedures after this all happened i googled cool sculpting side effects Mm -hmm. or something like that and it was like three pages of ads for cool sculpting yeah before i could get to any articles about cool sculpting like that were actually from like medical journals Mm -hmm. because it is fda cleared so it's actually like it's actually like a an established thing these days and i yeah i've known so many people that get it and again it's definitely not as risky as liposuction generally Mm -hmm. but the way that the information is given to us about these procedures is a problem as well because that information is controlled by capitalism it's controlled by google ads so it's like we are not necessarily getting the the best information or the doctors are not necessarily impressing upon us how serious the side effects could be or how serious the recovery could be because with cool sculpting I was reading that sometimes you have to wear a girdle and there's like horror stories of like people just having to wear girdles for months and months and months Mm -hmm. and not really like recovering well and have being in a a ton of pain Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, The same thing with like BBLs. The BBL uh, recovery is really minimized. But if you talk to anybody that's had it, they're like, it's brutal. I couldn't sit on my ass for a couple months. I couldn't work. It's like it's really intense, but you Mm -hmm. wouldn't think it from the way people just, you know, go and get the surgery and come back. Mm-hmm. and how it's talked about in the media it's the focus is always more about like oh my god why did she do that or oh my god she looks so great it's not really about the health it's i mean it, it's never been about the health when you're talking about like you know commenting on women's bodies or whatever but yeah it's just really sad and i think not to like be so egocentric that i tie everything back to being like a sex worker or being a stripper or whatever mm-hmm. but I, it it kind of like the people's reactions to it really gave me echoes of how people treat sex workers mm-hmm. when sex workers get plastic surgery right even though our fucking income as much as like the affluent white uh influencers want to say otherwise being a sex worker a lot of it has to do with your fucking looks. Like, oh, that 100%. Is, 100%. They don't want to fuck me for my personality. Right, I'm sorry. exactly. Like, maybe, like, maybe they do eventually, but they still have to find me attractive first. I'm you a know? fantasy so, and I'm selling a product. Like, I got to look yeah. like... You know what? Like, when I was doing when I was um, doing erotic massage and I would post my ads on the sites or whatever, not having a certain kind of body definitely affected the type of clients I got. Mm-hmm. My friends with like fake titties and big asses got the the like easier clients to deal with. Mm-hmm. So I had to market myself as like a niche, quote unquote, because my body is just, it's always been more petite and smaller. And mm-hmm. you know, like when I was younger, when I was doing sex work, I had like a, a, a more like slight frame than I do now post baby. But like my clientele was like, different because of my body mm-hmm. and and you cannot deny that because part part of your services is selling a fantasy right and those yeah. fantasies are influenced by societal beauty standards yeah anyone with a public facing job as a femme person or as a woman 
Um, if you have a public facing job, like you are criticized for fucking everything. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like it's not about like necessarily squeezing myself into a box so that I'm I don't want to necessarily look like Kim K. I don't want to necessarily look like, you know, I don't want to look like I have a humongous sure. butt with skinny legs. Like that's <laughs> not. <laughs> but I want to feel comfortable in my own fucking body. Right. And the thing is, is that that to me means a very particular thing. Again, I do get a different clientele. One, because I'm 33 in the strip club. And when people find that out, they're like client, like it's a different clientele sure. than the guys that are going after the 19, 20 year olds. Sure. You know what I mean? 100%. And I'm not, yeah, and I'm not a size zero. I'm like a pretty, I'm svelte. Yeah, you, know? you are, like, totally. And so I get different clientele than the the really slender young girls. Mm-hmm. And that's not, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to look 19 right. and 120 pounds. More power to everyone that looks like that, of course, because, you know, you deserve your bag too, of course. But like, that's not a realistic goal for me. Like what I what I see a lot is people pointing out these experiences, um, these horrifying experiences with celebrities or like the the plastic surgeries that are really obvious and pointing to that as a whole of like, oh, this is why this is bad. Mm -hmm. But it's like, but you don't see all the ones that are good and make people more confident and make people, you know, more able to confidently go about their their jobs. And especially and it's not just like sex workers it's anybody who has to sit in front of a camera or like so yeah that reminds me of this um instagram sort of little thing that also happened this week uh since we're talking about kim k she posted a a video in her stories or this happened a couple weeks ago she posted a video in her stories with a uh, fitness uh weight training instagram influencer fit girl mel um there's a a new clothing line that that she has out that uh kim k was promoting and they're in kim k's like opulent dressing room closet thing trying on the different outfits and so they're side by side right and fit girl mel has been she's been a like a olympic level weightlifting like champion training for decades she's been doing Mm. and she's not shy about that she doesn't act like oh you could do this in like 30 days no she she's Mm. very honest about how much work she puts into her body right and so they're standing side by side and the thing that kept coming up in like fitness uh circles was like look at kim k's body versus look at fit girl mel's body kim k obviously has had a bbl and Mm -hmm. body sculpting like which is like or i'm excuse me body contouring which is like when you go under the knife to have a specific shape and so kim k's body is very she's got like a tiny waist massive Mm -hmm. rounded hips and then you know thin legs right like she's got Mm -hmm. a fat ass and like very thin legs not huge thighs meanwhile Mm -hmm. fit girl mel who's been like working her glutes and thighs and everything um she's got a slightly larger waist not very much you know Mm -hmm. less pronounced hips she's got the hip dips which were very controversial a couple years ago and then like really thick thighs right because she works Mm -hmm. out right and so you know a lot of a lot of uh weightlifting uh influencers on ig were like pointing this out and it's like look like they were pointing it out to say hey you could do every squat every like deadlift every like booty weight exercise ever you could do reps upon reps upon reps you will never have kim k's ass unless you pay for it like just straight (laughs) up you're just not gonna have that unless you get the bbl like but what ended up happening and this is like kind of going back to what we were talking about is like people started being like oh well like kim k looks so fake she looks so gross like i can't believe she did that and rara i want to know if you hear this a lot because like in talking about age and body type like Everyone was like, fit girl Mel looks natural. 
Yeah, I hate that. I, I just hate it. that. I hate because people say that shit to me all the time. Wow, you look so natural. And it's like you're just basically telling me that I have fat in places I that you think I shouldn't have fat. Right. Because I have those hip dips because I have my thighs are huge because I fucking like I fucking twerk all day. Yeah. So my thighs are fucking thick as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I have those hip dips because my thigh muscles are humongous. Right. Right. <laughs> like, so when people tell me, especially when men tell me that, I'm like, okay I don't know what to do with that like yes it's natural I mean I don't know I don't think you can necessarily tell if someone's butt is fake by looking at it I mean if it's good plastic surgery anyway Mm -hmm. but people are always asking me if my ass is real and I'm like yes my ass is real and then they're like so impressed by Mm -hmm. that as if that's something that I have control over and it's like no I need you to be impressed with the fact that I like work out six days a week it's like that's what I want you to be impressed by not by like something natural that happened to me that you know when I is in puberty so it's really is about this like really weird like almost like predestined body type ideal right it's only ideal if you don't do anything for it you know exactly it's like the the epitome of natural shit and i think this is like going back to like the john legend thing like and you know like i think a lot about that kendrick lamar lyric where he says i'm so sick and tired of that photoshop so me show me something natural show me something natural like, ass, like with, ass some stretch with some stretch marks. marks which the dj always plays that for me what the fuck I don't- <laughs> <laughs> and i my ass does have stretch marks is when i hit puberty it got Wait, humongous are you serious yeah, oh. like, look, I have I have stretch marks on my stomach. You can't no, even see no, them. I, I have stretch marks the, on my stomach. About your DJ playing that for you, like yeah, he plays it for me all what the time. What the fuck? <laughs> I think it's mostly because I'm good at twerking. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, that's what I'm fucking talking about is like the the polar opposite of being like, you need to be like slim waist, thick waist. I mean, a slim waist. Slim thick. Yeah, slim yeah. thick, like slim waist, like big ass kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. the polar opposite of this quote unquote natural is still reinforcing this like singular body ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm fucking sorry. Like, you got to chill with that, too. Like, yeah, because just- it's just going to change in 10 years anyway. Exactly. Like the tr- the bot because I was actually just watching this really good video by this YouTuber. Forgive me, everyone. I watch a lot of YouTube. But um, <laughs> I, this YouTuber, Mina Lay, who does a lot of um, fashion reporting and fashion history mm-hmm. uh, videos. Uh, she was talking about like the history of dieting and how in the 20s it went really drastically from the plump, you know, the plump aristocracy being like the body ideal because that was like, mm-hmm. oh, you were eating good food. Yeah. It means you weren't starving. <laughs> it means you were fertile or whatever to like these skinny mini flapper types where they literally had corsets that go over your hips to like smash your hips together. Mm-hmm. So you have this long straight body type. And because only a very small percentage of people in the, you know, in the world really had that so yeah like these body types these are trend cycles right again like i don't want to base my like sense of self-worth on body trends Mm -hmm. but at the same time when you're in these careers where you're kind of like forced to look good quote unquote it's really hard not to feed into that Mm -hmm. and it's really hard not to get swept up in it and especially when you get older like that's the thing like people are like wow you look so good for your age as if 33 is like ancient or whatever but like i'm also (laughs) 
also like really honest with people. I'm like, yeah, I get Botox and mm-hmm. I get fillers yeah. because yeah. I because I want to look like this for a while. Yeah. So like my problem with Kim K as usual is that she's not honest mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the way she, about her lifestyle. She's not on. I mean, she steals from black right, women. Exactly. She's she's a culture vulture. For sure. That's my biggest problem sure. with her. My problem with her is not that she actually gets surgery. Right. And I think people like start they really start muddying the waters about like what the problem with her actually is totally as a cultural figure and turn it into like a gendered thing right i definitely agree with that yeah like there's a lot of reasons to like critique kim k like a million bajillion first of all that she's fucking wealthy and we should eat the rich but like right you know naturally yeah yeah the the body thing i think is really really fucked i think also like trying to have a conversation with nuance like a lot of women in weightlifting and you know fitness professionals were like all we're trying to do with this comparison here is say like be realistic you know right yeah yeah. be realistic um and i think i think a lot of people took it way too far and i think that that goes back again to like this like hatred of hatred of feminized bodies like and people like profiting off of their femininity because that that is really seems to rub people the wrong way and i i still don't understand how leftists get swept up in that kind of thinking you know especially if you're especially if you're queer it's like why what's happening here but um that the thing about kim k that like i'm glad we're talking about that post but also we should talk about something much more serious sure. than her looks is that you know i tr- god i have muted kardashian oh. and kanye <laughs> And Kylie from my fucking timeline, for sure. which means I'm not even seeing Kylie Minogue's post. So <laughs> that's I did all this sacrifice. for nothing. It's such a sacrifice. I don't even know if she's a good poster. She's probably not. But like I, I've muted all this and I still get so much freaking news about Kim and Kanye's divorce and all this shit. And I really like avoided even looking at anything about it. I was in a Twitter hole the other day and I was just going through every single trending hashtag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I saw like all this crazy shit about how Kanye has been acting since him and Kim have gotten separated For those of you that really don't know what I'm talking about, Kim K and Kanye are going through like a really messy divorce. They have like, what, four kids together? Yeah. They have four kids together. So it's uh, it's really messy. It's really public. And it's being totally exacerbated by Kanye's increasingly unhinged behavior towards Kim and now uh, her boyfriend, Pete Davidson. Yessie, what's your take on this as as someone married with a child like how do you feel about about these proceedings yeah so i think here's a thing that i think about a lot okay first of all let's start from the top what kanye is doing like posting all these photos like being obsessive on social media talking about kim nonstop. like that's abusive like Mm -hmm. that is incredibly inappropriate and like kind of violent what the fuck yeah um but like i think Marital issues get really complicated. Like, a marriage is, like, not to sound all, like, are the straights okay, but, like, a marriage is, like, kind of rough. Like, I wouldn't say that it is, like, the easiest thing in the world because, like, I think being with a single person for a long time, like, people change and people grow. And so, like, part of that has to be, like, an active choice because, like, you know, there are going to be times where you're like, you know what? This is tougher than another time, you know? Right. And I think the children make that more difficult. But what I'm seeing here, um, which is anecdotally speaking, um, I've seen kind of a lot, is that I think that in marriages, there is a tendency, if you're not actively careful, for men to 
objectify women as property. Like we think we're mm. so removed from that. We think we're so um, elevated, but I, I see it. Like even in, in leftist relationships, I see that shit. Like mm-hmm. you're my wife. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this because I love you. Like, you know, I'm trying to keep you. And so that's why I'm being so aggressive. And it's just like, mm-hmm. this is, this is yeah. shit. This is bonkers. Like, you know? Yeah, it's really unhealthy. And it's like, we kind of knew that that relationship was unhealthy. And like, everyone speculates about celebrity couples. Mm -hmm. But Kanye's behavior over the past like year or so has been increasingly erratic and just very antagonistic, Mm -hmm. publicly antagonistic. And that to me is like a symptom of like, a lack of maturity for sure. Because it's like, Again, like the other celebrities, they can, you know, fight in court for years at a time and they have the resources to avoid each other. Right. Like they they can have people to hand off their kids to to hand off to the other parent, whatever. You know, there's ways that they can avoid each other. It's just really fucked up to me when one parent is like publicly talking shit about another. Oh, totally. And like, even though I don't agree with kids being on TikTok, like I really don't think anyone under 16 should be on agree. social media, period. Like there's no social function where that needs to be a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I still think that's not abuse for her daughter to be on. It's not abuse. It's not child right. abuse. What really bothers me about this is the way that he is like inserting himself back into like she is obviously obviously trying to move right. on from it and her dating somebody is not throwing her relationship in his face right like a lot of people are just blaming her for his behavior right. which drives me fucking well, crazy like, thing right like yeah he owns her so if she if if um kim's not doing what kanye wants then it becomes like a, she's violating him like she's throwing right that relationship. like oh she's causing him harm oh because she's not doing what he wants the masculine tendency the masculine urge to like claim ownership of a of another feminized person is like is so strong so strong no i I don't think any mask person like i don't think any cis man is like is immune to that you know like i i think that's part of like what toxic masculinity is like i am dominant i own everything you are mine quote unquote mine And so as such, like I have ownership of your time. I have ownership of your resources. I have ownership of your affection. Mm -hmm. And the moment you decide to do something different, it's problems. I'm going to punish you. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to punish you. And Mm -hmm. I I am like it it hits me really hard because like I'm someone who has survived uh, an abusive relationship, you know, and and I Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of femme people are (laughs) like, you know, I'm someone who survived uh, domestic violence Mm -hmm. and like threats of, you know, and we'll put a content notice on this, but like yes, yes, lots of content yeah, notices on like, this one. Yeah, like you know, yeah. threats of of violence and like actual like harm and having to call outside support because I was unsafe. You know, I'm seeing the patterns here. You know, and I think even. I think there is no defending Kanye, mental health or not. Like having mental health issues is no excuse for like yeah. these behaviors. Like. You're responsible for your behaviors regardless of your mental health. And if your mental health is deteriorating such that you cannot control that, then you need to go somewhere where you're not causing harm, like straight up. You need to remove yourself like Mm -hmm. or get someone to do it for you. This is unacceptable. Yeah. What what kills me is like this is definitely not an excuse for him, but like it really is so startling that nobody around him is telling him that he needs to fucking knock it out. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. knock knock this shit off, mm-hmm. dude. Like you are like look at how not to be ableist, but look at how crazy you're mm-hmm. acting right this shit now. Is like wild. look at how you making pocket. memes of Pete Davidson and putting on your Instagram saying you're going to beat him up in like a diss track kind of thing. Like dude, Pete Davidson, the fucking pasty ass comedian yeah. 
Damien, that's who you're fucking, that's who you're upset at, really? Like, also, why the fuck is Pete Davidson and up in all of these women? I know. Like, did you? Guts, did dude? you? Like, I know. It's like a little funny. <laughs> I, I saw a meme the other day that, you know, that meme that's like, shit, I smoked too much weed and now I'm here. Like, it was yeah. like, shit, I smoked. I should have never got high. I smoked too much weed and I'm, I'm dating Pete Davidson. <laughs> like, he, like, <laughs> I think I saw that. <laughs> I don't know. How does he get that? Like, what's the dick game like? Uh, I mean, sorry, sorry to I mean, Ariana, like, What's the dick game? No, but Ar- Ariana Grande wrote that, you know, confirmed that he had a big ass dick. Yeah. So, I mean, good for him. Dick, clap, clap. Dick game, yeah. Yeah, but also consequences of having good dick. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is your Kanye's enemy now? Like, like literally, like posting group photos of like where Pete Davidson's like on the other side of the photo, like, dude, you fucking betrayed me. Da da da. It's like, what is happening? Yeah. This is like some high school shit. That's what really disturbs me. And it's not so much, again, this is, it's not so much his individual behavior because Mm -hmm. he's been like, he's been off the rails for a long time now. And he goes through waves because of his bipolarity. That's not the issue. The issue is that nobody around him seems to be reining him in or looking out for his health or looking out for like his well-being because you know the minute you turn into a fucking abusive asshole it's kind of really hard to come back from that right. you know like and you know he's ruining his own life by doing this shit he's trying to ruin Kim's life if people think that she's safe just because she's a celebrity like I'd like to point you to all the celebrities that have been murdered like can we not with this yeah. like that being a celebrity keeps you safe from harm it because not. it absolutely does not like it doesn't matter how much money she has Kanye could decide now to fucking like go hurt her Mm -hmm. he could just do that maybe he maybe she has bodyguards maybe not like it doesn't fucking matter like it should not ever come to that I'm reminded of FK Twig's piece and I think it was Elle also Mm -hmm. where she talked about her relationship with uh Shia LaBeouf and Mm -hmm. how like she even though she's like you know famous and like has money and like has like friends like the way that like abuse works is it's so deeply ingrained and so psychological because like intimate partner abuse is already like within that inner circle for you like that you can't get away like fka twigs has access to private jets and she was like i instead of like going to safety i felt like i couldn't i felt like he would follow me i felt like you know something would happen and And so I just cut off my friends in London and I started to become more isolated and more isolated. Mm-hmm. Like I saw myself, you know, and, and yeah, eventually she was able to um, get away mm-hmm. because she has money and access. But like it was a while before she could do that. And it, it definitely did a number on her like mental health. Yeah, absolutely. You know? What bothers me about the whole situation, besides the fact that people are being really flip about Kim and her children's safety, mm-hmm. is that if you can treat someone with like resources like like hers and wealth and fame like hers this way, how are you going to treat someone that doesn't have mm-hmm. a fraction of what mm-hmm. she has and doesn't, you know, like because it's kind of like playing into this like perfect victim mentality, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like has a lot to do, I think. It ties back to how people feel about her as like her physical body. Mm-hmm. And like what she represents mm-hmm. with her body, that she doesn't deserve empathy somehow because of like the way she looks mm-hmm. and like her status or whatever. And I just think that's like, a, again, it's like a really dangerous road to go down mentally mm-hmm. because we don't want to have less empathy for people. Right. Uh, we want to have we want to have more empathy because if you are dismissing someone openly and harassing a famous person, then are you going to dismiss like someone who where the evidence isn't as apparent? You're not going to 
be on the lookout for those signs and people you know or people around you because you're already very being very dismissive of it at the most obvious level, you know? Mm-hmm. And I uh, once again, I think that just reaffirms the hegemony, right? Like it reaffirms the dominant culture, which is like if you are being attacked by a man, if you are being abused by a man and you're a feminized person, then it's your fault. I straight up like had a therapist after I got out of my abusive relationship. Well, I wasn't even out of it yet. I tried to get out. I, it took me like five tries to finally get out of that damn thing. And that's that's common. I think the average is like is like three or so. Like women and femme people will try multiple times to get out of violent and abusive domestic relationships before they can mm-hmm. actually do it, right? Um, yeah. So this is like one of the times I was trying to get out. I started seeing a therapist and she was like, well, you have kind of a pattern, don't you? have you ever considered like your role in this? And I was just like, you know, even though I was like all fucked up, it was my first time in therapy, like, cause I could finally afford it. I was- Here's my spray bottle. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think that's, r- I, I don't think that's right. I don't think you're doing this right, you know? Oh my but, like, God, that- I'm so sorry that happened to you. Thanks, yeah. And it, it's just like, that reinforces the culture. The culture is saying like, it's my fault if, it's my fault if my partner is abusing me. It's my fault if my partner is emotionally lashing out on me. My mm-hmm. partner is doing it because he loves me, right? Like, and mm-hmm. so I should be accepting of that. I should be the receptacle for that. And that is just, that's fucked up. Yeah. Can you imagine? We're yeah. saying that, we're saying that women and femme people are fucking dumpsters, like mm-hmm. for men to throw all their garbage into. That is yeah. bonkers. Yeah. And it's really sad to see like women and reinforcing that mindset too. Yeah. You know, it just shows how much we have to like unlearn within ourselves because again, like I think there's a kind of like schadenfreude, how do you say it? Schadenfreude? Yeah. Freude? Schadenfreude. Uh-huh. Okay. I've only ever read the word. Uh, <laughs> I think that's how you say it. I don't know. And yeah. Not me not knowing how to say it. And I studied German for like two years. <laughs> I think, I think it's schadenfreude. Yeah. I'm going to say that. But there is a certain feeling you get when you see someone you don't like that you think is unearning and undeserving, like kind of suffering. And I think that we have to fight that impulse in, within ourselves to be like the fuck, fucking Nelson and the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Like, ha ha. We have to fight that within ourselves because we have to maintain like our empathy for other people, even when it kind of makes us uncomfortable mm-hmm. to, def- you know, to, to empathize. So that's kind of what I wanted to bring it around to is that, you know, we still have we have so much vitriol as a society mm-hmm. for femme people that dare to be femme right. like and that dare to like make a living off of it mm-hmm. and make money off mm-hmm. of it and capitalize off of it and unfortunately i would love to just make money off my fucking big brain but that's just not always possible like if it, if it was that easy every smart person i know would be a fucking millionaire right. but it's not we live in a fucking capitalist hell world mm-hmm. at the end of history mm-hmm. so we got to kind of make the most of it um, um, so just be nicer to fucking femme people online, please. Like, I'm just begging y'all. Like, I'm sure whoever's listening to this podcast probably doesn't need that reminder. But if you see your fucking friends acting out and shit, like, fucking say something. Say you know, something. That's the culture of silence when other people oh, are saying man. shit like this, this is the biggest problem. Because, right. again, it's not just the individuals acting out like this. It's the people all around them signaling that it's okay to, to do that. So I would just like everyone to think about their role in that kind of stuff. And yeah, uh, research your cosmetic surgeries, please. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything. Uh, don't do anything rash. Um, get second and third and fourth opinions oh, totally. on any kind of procedure. Shop, shop, shop. Shop, shop, shop. Ask your friends who have done stuff mm-hmm. that they've gotten it right mm-hmm. and they look good and you like the way they look. So yeah, and uh, subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs>
Subscribe. So I can get more filler. Right, no, no, yeah, I gotta get my titties done, y'all. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got, I've got regulars to pay for those. Hey. So, uh, <laughs> but we do want to make more. Oh, we have a YouTube channel now. Um, I will link it in the episode description. But we're putting, we're putting all of our episodes on YouTube so that if that's your preferred streaming method, it's much easier now to add us to a playlist or something. Um, and yeah, I didn't mean for that to be like the de facto outro. Uh, Should we do our weekly recap? Yeah, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, that's good. All right, weekly recap. My hot girl shit. Well, I, I want to do two things. Um, so okay. first, we talked about DSA shit a couple a couple weeks ago, a million years ago. Yeah, I don't know. Couple, mm-hmm. Time is a flat circle. I don't know. But um, <laughs> uh, I talked about um, our California delegates thing. We had our first meeting. It was very long, but I think very productive. Um, so I was I was super excited about it. Um, thanks everyone for supporting me in that. Um, so that so that happened. We're moving along with that, and I will I will give a little update. Maybe I'll just throw them. Like if you want updates, I'll just throw little updates in the patreon like i'll do a little blog do you think um yes that'd be cool and if you care about dsa stuff like, you subscribe to our patreon uh patreon.com slash hot girl agenda and you will get my little nerdy updates and then my nice. second thing was i went to a show and i saw the microphones phil elverum any of my indie indie rock fans uh, nice it was so good like i forgot how powerful seeing live music is um and Mm. how beautiful and affirming it can be um it was very loud and i felt it in my whole body felt it with my whole chest and i i i missed it a lot so it was very good to to go to a show what's your what's your recap hell yeah Okay, I'll do two as well yeah. since uh, so this one is from like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we talked about DSA stuff and and you talked about your delegation stuff, and um, I talked a little bit about Mosaic and mm-hmm. the community group that I'm part of now. Um, so I'm officially a, a member of Mosaic, hey. which is uh, which is awesome. Love my Mosaic comrades, and um, I went to my first Mosaic event, which was a community gardening workshop. So we got together in. Um, one of our members' backyards, and we did a seed share, and we learned how to do our potting mixes, and we learned about when to plant things, what kind of soil would be, you know, optimal, different kinds of potting methods and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it was really nice, and it was like a perfect day outside. It was like, it was so, it was like 60 degrees outside, and we were all just standing there like, ah, vitamin D, it was amazing. That sounds so good. It was was so nice, and it was like, the first time I had seen a couple of different comrades in person for like months and months, so that was really fucking nice. Get together with your comrades, and Mm. just, even if it's just something like small, like a little gardening workshop, just do something fun with your comrades. Um, So that's my first thing. And then the second thing uh, happened last week. Um, So my birthday was like on a Wednesday, but um, on Saturday I did like my actual birthday Mm -hmm. thing, which was... Side note, if you haven't sent Rara money for her birthday, you fucking better (laughs) Oh my God, please. I need a a new PC. Yeah. (laughs) So bad. Send Rara money. Give Rara your money. Uh, Every every time I sit down to stream, I'm like, oh yeah, I can't do that. So yeah, so my birthday celebration was actually that my uh, my boyfriend got me tickets to see a 35 millimeter screening of Mulholland Drive, which Red. is like one of my favorite David Lynch films. Uh-huh. And along with the screening was uh, a performance by Rebecca Del Rio, who oh, was uh, in the movie. Yeah, and I didn't know she was actually performing. I thought it was just going to be a Q and A at the end, but she came out in the beginning and sang like five songs, and Whoa. I was like. Whoa. 
what? We're getting like a little concert here. That's so badass. And I was like literally almost starting to tear up because her voice is so beautiful. Uh-huh. If you don't know who Rebecca Del Rio is, go look up. Well, just go watch Mulholland Drive because it's an amazing movie. But mm-hmm. um, go look up the scene specifically where she sings um, the song uh, Llorando. Mm-hmm. Am I saying it correctly? Yeah. Silence. Llorando. Yeah. Oh, wait. Um, Silence? Wait. No, what is it? Crying. What's the trans? Crying. Yes. What is si- Silencio? What the hell? Yeah. Oh, it's Club Silencio. Okay, it happens in Club Silencio. And she sings uh, a song called Crying. And it's just really haunting and beautiful. But anyway, that was my other hot girl shit. It was very much like, I feel like I'm not, I was never really in the twee kind of, like the initial twee Tumblr girl phase uh, long enough for it to be a thing. But I think I'm going to like do like a millennial version of twee now. Oh, hell where yeah. Where I just go back to doing like, it's like watching watching David Lynch movies all the time and like dressing oh. like dressing really like normcore. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> love this for you. Love this for you. But yeah, so um I think we're going to be posting more stuff on the Patreon definitely and doing like little blogs and stuff just to get you through the week when uh when we inevitably have our late episodes cuz we love a procrastinate. We love procrastinating. Listen, <laughs> two bad bitches with ADHD. We're doing yes. our best. We're doing our best. But aren't you so glad when the episodes come out? Because it's like, oh, my God, it's here. Yeah. Because you-, you never know. I love that we're not on a schedule because then everyone's like, oh, my God, it's happening it's today. It's a treat. Oh, shit. It's oh, a shit. treat That's how for I imagine. You. Yeah, no, we- that's how I imagine our fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> it's like we like to keep you on your toes and it is a treat for you. And we love you. And for us, honestly. Because yeah, then every we could get to talk to you yeah oh i love you rara i love you and we love you guys and gals and ladies and ladies and everybody in between all right all right we're getting out we're getting out of here (laughs) all right www.patreon.com slash hot girl agenda and we'll see you next week bye